Hey, we're, we're the, the Bradshaw, Bradshaw Boys. I wanted to tell you, we got a live show June 12th, Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House. It's going to celebrate the 20th year anniversary of the airing of the pilot of Sex in the City. We're going to have tons of surprises. We're going to read the pilot through and then we're going to do a live podcast recording. So come on out. We'd love to see you guys there. And if you listen to the podcast, uh, we'll be dropping little discount codes along the way if you guys keep listening. Okay. Oh, I'll drop a coupon code right now, Kevin. Uh, use the coupon code Capote Duncan to get five dollars off your ticket. That's C A P O T E D U N C A N. Capote Duncan, our favorite character from the pilot of Sex in the City. Go to at the Bradshaw Boys on social to get details about the show, or you can actually go to tinyurl.com/slash Bradshaw Boys Live and get your tickets there. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. You're now listening to. The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even the Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly. Hi, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. I am John Sieber, and we're we're here with a very special guest today. Your name? Elliot Glazer. Elliot Glazer, everyone, in the studio. Thank you f- so much for having Kicking me. Kicking off season two Kicking strong. Season bum, two. Bum, bum, it's been a while since I feel like I've heard that song, and I'm really happy to hear it again. Absolutely. Yeah. I've learned how to play it on multiple instruments guitar, xylophone, xylophone. and wow. piano. Recorder? Yeah. Do you play it on your I don't have a recorder, but. I'm sure I can get one from there's a there's an elementary fourth grader. Yeah. Just go check the garbage cans outside the, yeah. the elementary school. Um we're going to dive into some season 2 stuff, but Elliot, tell mm-hmm. us tell us real quick um who you are and sure. then what your experience with Sex in the City is. Uh I'm a writer, an actor and comedian, um most notably Broad City uh right now. Um and I did a I binged Broad, Broad City. I binged Sex in the City when I was in college and just Netflixed it mm-hmm. like with the DVDs um, and no, no, was that? Oh, with, when Netflix was the DVD service. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. What a time. Yeah. And that's when I binged it thinking I wasn't necessarily into it, but I wanted to like understand it because it was such a phenomenon. And as a New Yorker, you're like, well, I guess I need to know this now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, at the time, thought that the show ruined the city because <laughs> I thought it made it just kind of it really upended the culture of the city to make everything like girly and frou frou and sort of make this almost New York version of like the Paris Hilton effect, like mm. the aesthetic of the city, mm-hmm. which was just like bizarre to me. Like it was a new bizarre thing although i guess it had always been around this like you know wealth porn um you know like wealthy wealth porn and the, that like lifestyle yeah um but nevertheless getting into the show i was like yeah I, I i was you know taken with it from a cultural standpoint but the thing that i did not understand and that to this day i still cannot understand is how a show is such a phenomenon and has so many effects culturally when the dialogue is like, <laughs> like the puns, it's like nobody talks like that. Yeah. No less like people, adults in New York who are nobody, nobody talks like that. And it was yeah. like, so everybody is obsessed with this show where people are talking like it's a, like a Neil Simon play or something, you know, something. Yeah. And the puns, I'm like, I, that sort of has always been lost on me that the show has such a popular, you know, and cu- a long lasting cultural effect. And yet the the dialogue is like so bizarrely interesting. I don't know if juvenile is the word, but it's like that I, so unrealistic. Do you Nobody think, talks like that. Do you think that almost helped it? Because I feel like that's like a like, oh, that's so Carrie. Like saying oh, those man. things where you're like, that's so ridiculous. No one would say that. But it gives this voice to the show that. Uh, whenever I, whenever I attribute an audience to this show, which is funny because now we're the audience because we'd never seen yeah. it, never watching our way through. Whenever sure. I attribute an audience, I always attribute it to 
like white girl moving to New York who's 24 well, the, years yeah, old. And it seems the like they would be super into that dialogue. That's See, totally I, I did not think so. I was like, what 20 something is going to respond to this like rhythmic, like vaudevillian slapstick thing where the rhythm is so silly and the, the, but it's really the the puns. I'm like, what twenty four year old just like, yes, puns. That's what get. That's what I get into. <laughs> when in terms of humor, the things that make me laugh are take you know funny punny word like lots that of, b- baffles me. Do you remember any specific puns? No, uh, I actually don't. But just the idea of being like of Sarah Jessica Parker being like, and then the you know like the rhythm of like the and the banana of the banana ooh like it was just like what person under 70 is like connects to this well i feel like that's like rhythm of writing whenever you talk to a lawyer and you're like oh is it is it cool they're like it's uh it's not like tv by the way like it's it's like or or with like the West Wing, I'm sure like the oh, po- yeah. politics. It's like no, we no. actually stand and talk. We never we walk have to and talk. Do stuff and yeah. like stand and have conversations, not this like monologue. But but again, it's like well, we're, we're we are you know um, suspending disbelief. We're suspending yeah disbelief for this fiction. But I guess it's to me it's like yeah I guess I would I would picture this type of language and rhythm in a I don't know. Um, pl- play like a uh-huh. one act play yeah. and the fact that it was like a big tv and cultural institution was like i live in new york and i don't and i'm a comedian but i don't know anybody who's like honey you know honey <laughs> if the bowery's you know, whatever if the battery's down the minimum up then i'm it, like nobody talks like that <laughs> nobody talks like I that. i wonder if some of that is like a 20 years ago thing because i feel like tv audiences have gotten way smarter especially like with well, peak yeah. tv so this happening like 20 25 years ago or something like that People, I don't think so. I mean, I I really don't like Golden Girls like that. I don't just bring that up because no, yeah. you. I know you're a Golden Girls fan, but Huge. I also wonder like Golden Girls seem like I can just see like Sophia like giving us. Well, zinger. there were there were zingers, but they were and they remain funny in a sort of A to C way. Like the jokes are funny and sophisticated, and the ones on Sex and the City seemed less so to me and just more. I mean, honestly, like nope. Can you imagine watching Sex and the City and laughing out loud at a Samantha line versus just being like, or, you know, like when she makes one of these puns, you're like, "Hmm, okay, you know, a lot of I I do think a lot of the the ones have been like even a season in we're sort of know already like, okay, there's going to be like that. Like you guys hated the the whole dick thing from it was season finale of last one where she's just sad. The guy has the small dick. And there was like, it we talked a lot it was like kind of right on the money like samantha's sad cause right. sm- and there was like some puns there there's like private dick or <laughs> yeah, right. yeah that's like it's like it's a small thing but it's a big problem yeah, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted a king size and i got a tootsie roll nobody <laughs> talks like along that. my conscience nobody nobody speaks like that that's especially true. in like passionate moments where you're talking about like sex and stuff Nobody is like, honey, you got the Tootsie Roll, and I got. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> so, it's and true. the only and the real pro- oh, man, the real bummer is that as a gay guy, I've seen a lot of gay guys adopt that voice. Yeah, uh, and it it bums me out because it's like oh, it's not as funny as you think it is. <laughs> it's just not as funny as you think it is to be like, honey, uh, Oh god, it's like it's like a Catskills comedian, you know? Yeah. It's a bummer. It is funny to think of it that way because it it's completely unmasked when you think of yes. these like four glamorous women. But yes. if you put them in that I just have this image of Samantha in the Catskills with a mic. Exactly. <laughs> like, it yeah. works. Yeah, completely. If you yeah. think you know, it's like I've never had anything this right. close to my mouth. Guess what? I have exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it who's here? It's crazy from the city. Can you imagine? Like, and it makes sense if you strip away those. The look, you know, the masks and the clothing. It's like, it's like, uh, Ra, I was gonna say Rod Stewart, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a, bu- it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's like, true though. Take, you could take my apartment. No, please take my apartment. Please take it. <laughs> please take it. I got into a co-op. <laughs> yeah, I could actually see Rodney Dangerfield being a character mm-hmm. on Sex and the City. Some like guy they meet the in a fifth. diner. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, oh my god. I have a question because. You were saying like the wealth porn thing, yeah. And you write on Broad City, and I feel like Broad City is a big, 
is it any sort of a reaction to Sex and City of like, this is actually what it's like to live here, which yeah. I feel like watching Broad City, it's so much more relatable and more like, yeah, yeah that's actually what it's like. Yeah, I think it's without it being a conscious choice. Mm. It's very much an answer to the show where you're not, it's not, you don't sit there and write with the, the idea, oh, we have to make this the upside down version of, of Sex and the City or Friends or something or any other show with like wealthy people in New York. But yeah, I think just by nature, it's like the, the what we're writing, which is like exaggerated versions of our real lives. And um, you just... We, you're not around people who tongue like this. Yeah, you just they're not. They don't exist. And and so yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely a reaction to that. Also because there is a specific, um, vibe to like being kind of young and and broke or relatively broke in the city, and the hustle that it takes. Mm-hmm. And the there is a definite. And again, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a huge element of fantasy. To the idea that like Carrie Bradshaw is a newspaper columnist who has this humongous apartment and all these clothes, it's like sure you can you can I think if you look hard enough or you fall into this to the right circles, you can have an exciting life in New York that is filled with constantly changing elements. You know, I do think that requires a, that that's more personality than money, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's um. It's definitely a. It, it's 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 easy. It's it's exciting to write the way things are versus knowing that like mm-hmm. that's not real. Like Carrie could not afford that apartment. Right. She yeah. just couldn't. You, if you're writing a newspaper column, you're not. You, you have roommates, you know, or you yeah. live like in like Bay Ridge or something. It, you know, you're not. It's it's a it's a fantasy that like is like frozen in time. Yeah, I think yeah. it created a whole generation of people that are like so many people that we talk about with the show now are just like. And there's no way she could not do that. No way. And I, I bet when it was on, the people maybe that watched it are then like intrigued and everything are like, sure. Oh my gosh, is that what it's like? Yep. And then it created a whole bunch of people that are like, yep. Nope. Don't have uh, seven jobs. Not, and in, not in the not in the not in the faintest. It's the mm. same thing with the friends' apartment. Oh, yeah, you look of at course. that, and, the, and we talked about this. But there's always the thing where they're like, well, so and so had a grandfather right. who had this, you know rent controlled apartment and that's why they have this warehouse that they live yeah. in basically. But at least that lines up where it's like, well, the reason we have this is because of a grandparent. Whereas on Sex and the City it's just sort of a given that yeah, she has a enorm- an enormous apartment, t- so many cl- you know, so much clothes and mm-hmm. stuff. And the show then I think v- I've only seen I think the first movie. I know there's two or mm-hmm. two. Two. And you know, the movie itself really i mean spun off into like the most the the, the dirtiest of the wealthy porn yeah. and um it was it's just so fantastical mm. it's so fantastical and and to watch the I, I just incidentally i saw online something like a video called like why miranda is the character we love now from sex like a current video mm-hmm. explaining why like miranda is the character that is like the best, mm-hmm. especially in the, in like current times with the current climate. And, uh, it is funny to watch like the, the first, the pilot, they should, they do that thing where they were talking to camera and breaking the fourth wall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cynthia Nixon literally looks like, um, she took a boat from, she took the ferry from Staten Island. She's wearing like a, that ugly, like polyester, mm-hmm. you know, blazer and, and knee length skirt and like pumps. Like she looks like eighties working girl, New York and yeah. talking to camera. And, and if I don't, if I remember correctly, like eating from like a, um, the, the, the like bodega. Yeah, really. yeah. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's real. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the real <laughs> so thing. Funny. Yeah. That's it's the not real like, New York. yeah, that's the real New York. And so she, I think, has resonated in that way without a, it probably wasn't even a conscious choice, but she resonates because it's like, yeah, that's like mm-hmm. reality. Yes, she's like a lawyer, which means she makes a lot of money, but but it doesn't necessarily go that far in New York, which is why she's eating at a bodega buffet. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I think the show, yes. Yeah. And I think the show, you know, for better or worse, you know, spun off into a fantasy land that mm-hmm. served it well, but if if there was an attempt to try and like replicate real new york i think it was all you know kind of askew d minus yeah, yeah not even that fake just like that just unrealistic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. with well, what they were making that, that'll be interesting to to watch this episode and and pull out some particular things that mm. that 
really st- stick out. Do we do we have the the name of uh, we the do. episode here? We do. The episode is called "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Ooh, episode two hundred one. Take me out to the ball game. Any ideas? What take take me out? To, I, are they going to go to a physical baseball game, or is yeah, it going to be like I can already gamble? If I was a gambling man, they go to a Yankees game, not a Mets game. Okay. I'd agree. I. Does one of them hook up with a Yankee player? That's what I want to know. No. No? I, I think, think she so. hooks up with Joe Torre. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's who she hooks up oh with. My Steinbrenner. God. Yeah, Steinbrenner. <laughs> I met I met Joe Torre one time. I was working the door at some some like kids event or something, and his parent came. He was a parent, his like child was on a tour or something. And I looked at his car and I was like, No, you're not on the list. And he's like, uh, and the guy's like, Do you know who he is? And I was like, I don't. I'm just kidding. I know you're the coach of the Yankees. And he was like, no one around appreciated it. And I definitely shouldn't have done it. He was mad. The guy that I was working for was mad. Oh, but, you had to find oh. a new job. Yeah. Well, oh, happy to. It was worth um, it, though, for this for this moment for right the, now. For, <laughs> if yes. Joe, if you're out there. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's go watch it. Let's Perfect. dive into season we'll, two. We'll talk All right. About it. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. Episode 13. Take me out to the ball game. Carrie meets the new Yankee at a baseball game, all the while preparing for her first post-breakup encounter with Big. Miranda gets fed up with the girls, always talking about men. And Samantha gets frustrated with her boyfriend's deficiencies. Charlotte dates a guy who has a tendency to adjust his package a lot. And now, back to the boy. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making. Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, "Hey, we're the Bravo Bros, two guys that talk about Bravo." Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Bravo Bros. No, oh, dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, "Oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo," people are gonna get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. And we're back. Take me out to the ball game. Mm. Man, a lot of turtlenecks that episode, guys. Yeah, I will say. (laughs) Miranda was consistently rocking a turtleneck, which I I can appreciate. Except when she was rocking... like overalls and a giant puffy coat yeah. and a blue hat. She's dressed had, like um, uh, Punky Brewster. Yes. Yeah. She probably had a slingshot and a frog in her <laughs> yeah, back pocket. Right. She looked like a, a boy from the Sandlot. Bizarre. Yeah. And She's all- like, mm, just walking around. It's like, <laughs> for you to be like, yeah, there's a lot of puns and sex in the city. Good and Lord. then to watch every baseball pun completely changed how i watched I, that episode yeah i will never watch that show the same again <laughs> yeah. it was crazy i mean that one i feel like was probably loaded with even more but maybe not i think it's pretty standard yeah <laughs> across like the he's board wearing every a cup. episode honey his cup runneth over <laughs> oh my god nobody ta- no again i'll just say it until i'm blue in the face but nobody talks like that and so nobody and the second they're at the the baseball game and then had a hot dog i was like i'm oh, waiting yeah. for the samantha hot dog thing and of course she Three, brings up she's like try two, sex with yep, but is it kosher, is it kosher? <laughs> which if oh. it's, she's not even jewish or anything it's, uh, it's like <laughs> all right let's uh I'll, we'll do a John, quick, quick recap of the episode so that basically that episode was about breaking up and going through the, the various rules of breaking up. Uh, the end of season one, Carrie breaks up with Mr. Big, and uh, we get right into it uh, at season two uh, process. I think it's four weeks after the breakup. Uh, she thinks she's seeing Mr. Big everywhere, uh, but they're just random uh, people on the street kind of dressed like him. Uh, the gang decides to get together and go to a baseball game. Uh, and uh, throughout that course of going to the baseball game, her friends are given their various insights as to how you handle breakups, their own breakup rules. Miranda is very much get over it. Charlotte is kind of wallow in in the misery for as long as possible because time is the only thing. Um, They get to the baseball game. Carrie gets drunk, catches a a fly ball, uh, and has it signed by the new Yankee who she asks to the Dolce & Gabbana party. Before knowing his name, apparently. Before knowing his name. She learns that after the party. Right. Uh, They go to the party. They hit it off. Uh, She goes, gets her picture in the paper, uh, at this point, Miranda gets a little frustrated uh, that all they're talking about is boys. 
uh, or men rather, she feels like they're, uh, you know, junior hires. Uh, she then runs into her uh, boyfriend, Eric Asshole, I believe his name was, on the <laughs> street. She <laughs> she runs away, uh, and Carrie sees Big at a at a very divey bar for being with a Yankee. Player. It looked like right. it looked like it was. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the PJ bar. Clark's. PJ, it looked like it looked like PJ, PJ Clark's. Clark's. Yeah, yeah. She, she it uh, wasn't, but I that's what I thought too. Yeah. She emotionally couldn't handle seeing Big and uh, hops on a payphone and uh, calls someone who. It's a little bit weird between the two of us, but we need to meet. You think it might be big, runs into Miranda, and uh, that's kind of a wrap on the episode. So Yeah, the big reveal is like, yeah, she's like, meet at our place. And they yeah. go to that diner or whatever, and it's like, surprise, Miranda in another bizarre turtleneck <laughs> that clashes very strongly with her hair color. Her right. of red hair. <laughs> another bizarre color. Yeah. There, there was like a vibe with the episode that was like... Uh, their back, like it looked a little sharper. Their right. outfits were a little more defined. Right. A little more money. New, like I think it was probably a big deal at the time. There's like Miranda's got a new haircut and it's bright. Yeah. yeah. What a what a um bold cut yeah. on that head. <laughs> someone, someone someone said it was it was very David Bowie ish. Yeah. 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 Well, it's very it is very Bowie. Yeah. My under my my like underlying suspicion all along has been that Miranda's gay. Um she just comes off as very butch to me mm-hmm. in a lot of her clothing, <laughs> voice, attitude. Um, and I can see how she's not, but there's always just like this. There's always just like, a, come on, like those, those like overalls. I'm like, come on. You're not unless you're painting a, a fence or whatever. Yeah. The, I, I, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this. It is mm. funny. Is it seeing like the beginning of the episode? Carrie is like in her dress down clothes and her and she's afraid she's going to see big and her dress down clothes are like no makeup. Yeah. And her hair is like sort of messed up and she has on a long coat and jeans and a T-shirt like she looks she looks like a made well ad yes. where it's like, take a Saturday off girl. But right. like, that's her dress down. Miranda's yes. dress down is like, she's undercover for law and order. Yes. <laughs> like looking like she's going back to the surveillance van. Oh my God. She looks I love so it. Different. Yeah. She's, she's, um, she's the only one. I mean, truly Miranda's the only one on the show who maybe it's a testament to Cynthia Nixon's acting, but she's the only one on the show who I believe. Mm. I mean, like honestly, that one moment where she sees her, yeah. she sees Eric asshole. It gets this like serious tone, and it's a shot on her face, and she looks terrified. It felt like a different show, and it's right. interesting when we were talking about how people are looking back at like saying like maybe Miranda's the only one that kind of ages well, like yeah. her character. If you watch the show from Miranda's point of view, it's a her acting super believable, and yeah. it's like a different show. Yeah, when she's like, guys, can we talk about something besides dicks and like boys? Yes, and I, it's like, wait, this is like a it, it's like a it real really moment. breaks through the the sort of mirage of the show where it's like, oh, this is a per, a real person talking about something real, yeah. not just right being like just being kind of vapid and right. just mm-hmm. throwing puns or like it's like everything so else like puns. puns and like it just like gabbing and she's like a person it might help her to uh, offer up more interesting topics of conversation than uh, copious amounts of baseball stats and palm pilots right (laughs) the palm pilot thing had to have been a sponsored integration it seemed i don't know if they did that with tv shows then but it no they did it never came back sopranos was the same time as that and there was every once in a while i was like uh i'll just have a coca-cola classic please and it's like the palm pilot thing though doesn't came out of nowhere she, she doesn't show it to us then there's sort of like a negative connotation to the idea that like if the girls don't want to see it, then that's true. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like they would they would all have been like, I do need something to keep all my dates together. Exactly. Yeah. Or the Miranda, I'm like, Palm Pilot. I could see her just being like, guys, uh, you know, you have to see my tape record. Like I could see her being like, guys, I have a Walkman now. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, Miranda's like up on it. Yeah. She's an early adopter. She's yeah. an early adopter. Completely. It, there is. Uh, so then. Miranda does have this rant that was one of the we were talking about how she ages better and I've read a bunch of that internet stuff saying that before we watched it um but this was like the most explicit version of that that was basically like almost a critique of the show like you were saying but then at the end she experiences the very thing that she's talking about do you guys feel like that took by being like ooh I saw breakups are hard I'm going to go gab with uh with Carrie at the diner about that. Do you feel like that took away from the, her rant or they can both be simultaneously true? Does that make sense? Miranda's rant. Yeah. I, of being I, like you, 
but then be like, I understand because I saw Eric Asshole. Right. I think that's Dutch. Is that I think Dutch it's French. or French? Asshole. Yeah, Asshole. Um, I think no. I I think it adds to it because one thing. I mean, <laughs> I do have a kind of a different opinion of the series now that Elliot talked about all the fun <laughs> stuff. Like, there is a thing where I'm like, oh, man, this does make it a little harder to watch. I hope yeah. you enjoyed but season one when we liked the show. But guess what? Guess what? Fuck it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but I, one thing I honey, do. Honey. Honey. <laughs> that was great. One thing I do think that happens in the show that I think they do well is they, they do a good arc of each episode where you see characters grapple with different things. And the fact that, like... Miranda was super confident, and then she has that moment of vulnerability, mm-hmm. which was very punctuated by Cynthia Nixon's acting. And then at the end, like the strong one and the romantic end yep. up at a diner eating cold fries together. Yeah. Like it's a nice bow on a yeah. story. That's yeah, tied, totally. you know. So I don't know. I feel like it, it, it makes for like a rounder episode in that right. way. And it makes Miranda like More just human. a better character. Yeah, yeah I think the, she's both. I think she lands both where she's yeah. like, I'm. I don't want to just talk about like men all the time, but like, yeah, that's a part of our lives mm-hmm. and. We can talk about it, but still, it's like palm pilots and baseball guys, palm pilots and baseball. Yeah, I mean, the whole the they they got her to say it like three times. Really she was did. like, "I'm a really big Yankees fan." She I'm kept a big Yankees that. fan. Also, question about the Yankees game: They go to this Yankees game. They don't have great seats, and like Carrie makes a weird Carrie makes a thing about the Giuliani smoking ban. She yeah. says something about that, which yeah. seems like earlier the time. But then, how did they get down into the tunnel where the players are? Did yeah, they ever explain question. that? No. They just end up outside the locker room, and then there's like a 30-second thing where Samantha just peeks into the locker room while right. they're taking showers. Because she's and dating a, a guy with a small dick, so she's like gazing into the locker room at like particularly men of color just to see their big dongs. <laughs> I, d- I did think that I was, security was terrible at Yankees. Terrible. Stadium. It was terrible, but I was like, I was like, um, just they sort of zoom in on, on the black player, and it's yep. like, and I don't know, maybe that's something I... I, I don't know. I was wondered if she was gonna. Co- I was hoping she wasn't gonna comment and been like, "Now that's what I want," yeah, right. or something. So uh, now that's a foot long. I want to take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares if it's kosher? <laughs> I'm ready to slide into his first base. <laughs> they, honey. She, they did make a slide joke. They oh, they, t- they did every. There's the whole sex. There's the whole thing where Samantha has sex with her boyfriend, and then she very coaches She coaches him. Yeah. So many and, and, sex. And baseball what puns. was what was. So we, I know we talked about when we watched the episode, but the, it was something to do with the Mudville. What, what was that? Oh, a yeah. that's Casey. That's Casey at the bat. It's like an old poem that's like the mighty Casey struck out. We could read it, but it's like it's the it's a baseball poem. It's a classic like baseball poem that like you read to like kids in second grade, and it's about how Casey is about to strike out, but then he ends up saving the game. But it's talking about joy in Mudville. I wrote. There's down. no my, joy in Mudville. My question is, I'm like a, a pretty above average an average sports fan and i had no idea what they were referencing like how do they expect their their target so audience my to... thing with the show is like i'm looking at it now and it was like this episode is from 1999 right so i was in high school and already had a pretty good sense of humor i mean i was a kid but like i knew what was funny to me and what was like you know whatever like waiting for guffman and just like i had like already a as you guys probably did too, like a like a sharpened sense of humor, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I look at this and I'm like, would I at that time, even though I was younger, would I still have looked at it and been like, rolled my eyes when she he said when she says something like, she had him by the ball or um his well I said it before but his cup runneth over yeah. mm-hmm. like would like would I then and would most people then have been like hilarious like laugh would they think it's actually funny or would they also be like oh, okay i think i would have thought because as a as a teenager who was like had a sense of humor but it was also looking to professional things i would have been like oh is that how you do it like yeah. i don't think i would have been like that's a bad joke i would have been like that's, that's the kind of they jokes they make on tv yes but it also when you were saying that this made me think I guess it was. Was this show a comedy? I would have just yeah. thought of it as an adult show when I was a kid, but it was a comedy. Yeah, I think it was a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are we discrediting the fact that it was it was revolutionary and it was twenty years ago and yeah. and there wasn't? Although looking now, back I, at now, it's punny and no, because that. on that was just that must just be the style because like on HBO at the time in the early nineties was um the what's the Larry Sanders. Was it the Larry, called Sanders the Larry Sanders show? And yeah, the writing the on Sanders. that, that's 10 years before this. And, and the amazing. writing on that is natural. Yep. 
and it's, and funny and yeah. everything. And it's you could watch it now, and it's oh, it's great. Still it holds, holds up, up in a completely different comedic way. And as does the Golden Girls, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's why that is literally why I'm like, were people on board with the puns in 1999? You know what show I would like to go back and watch some of is do you, do you remember the show Dream On? Yeah, I never watched it. Though. I I remember my friends and I like had heard about it because it was supposed to be the like sexy comedy. Right, and we were like, oh, we could see boobs. Yeah, boobs. But it's the it's the woman that created Friends. I think it was one of her right. first shows, mm-hmm. and it was a couple of years before Sex in the City. Uh-huh. And I would be interested to see how those jokes played and if sure. they matched up to like Friends type humor. Sure, Larry Sanders. Sex in the City and that show probably had three different styles of humor. Yeah. And Friends still, I mean, Friends was a spe- specific type of humor, very totally. sarcastic, but a lot of it still holds up, I think, in the reruns that I've seen. Chandler yeah. so- Bong. <laughs> <laughs> I, Honey, her, his, Chan- his Chandler, you know, like, <laughs> cross reference. Uh, I'd uh, love for him to bing me. Bing my, yeah, bing my bing Chandler. My bong. I just, yeah, it, to me, I'm like, I watched, when I watch this, I'm like, huh, like, it still seems like the jokes just. It was a very specific choice for there to be so many puns, and that, that's true. I just, I'm just very curious as if to whether, like, it seems like that didn't hamper anybody's, anybody that I went to college with at NYU. It didn't hamper their attempt to like become Carrie Bradshaw. I think, which is weird, until you pointed that out. I didn't notice it as much. Yeah. And now that's like all I noticed. It's everybody just wanted to become her as soon as like when I got to NYU, I was like, I really was in my head quite honestly, just like so excited because I thought I was going to like, um, you guys ever watch a different world? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to a historically black college, like an HBC and it's going to be super diverse and I'm going to have, you know, friends of all different, you know, and it was all like girls and gay guys (laughs) who wanted to become Carrie Bradshaw. Which would be totally different if you would have gone to Howard University. That's right. A different, where a different world was set. Different world. Exactly. This is a black college. Right. I mean, then I would have been the weirdo, but like ultimately I was, I was unpleasantly surprised with the fact that like, just because I was at, just because I was at a school that was in downtown Manhattan, it wasn't like, you know, the, the Spelman College or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think that one thing that's interesting about Sex and the City is that what ages from, or not what ages, but what carried on, pun mm-hmm. right there, um, is that it's the style and like the the like mythos of the show yeah. versus the writing exactly. in terms of the joke writing. Yeah. Like Larry Sanders, that's weird, there's though. the mythos of that, but you're also like, you go back and you're like, oh, this was a Judd Apatow show 20 years ago. But isn't that weird? But I think it's the- Maybe. I, yeah. I this this may be too deep but it's like back in the day like shakespeare wrote plays about kings yeah. so that you could watch it and be like that's what the kings lives are like mm. and then and i feel like this is similar in that it's like what is what's the dream like watching right. the kardashians it's like honey this is what the queen's lives right. are like <laughs> honey <laughs> we're but, we're totally co-opting yeah, your I'm honey just yeah, to what okay. you're what you're saying Kevin. well i'm saying that it's it's like that dream mythos of being like what would it be like? Our version of a of a of a royal life now would be like money, fashion, Manhattan, yes. the city, yes. sex, freedom. Yes, totally. And so I I think that is the mythos of the show, and maybe the the writing didn't have to be as good. You're right. It captures everyone's imagination. Mm-hmm. You're right. And I wrote on the show younger. Um, that I, was yeah. yeah. That's um, very similar to it. Takes place in the same city. Has the same look. Um, it was created by Darren Starr, who also created Sex in the City, and it was an interesting experience to be to write on the first and second seasons of a show that some were saying was like the second coming of Sex in the City, mm-hmm. but it was different because it took place in Brooklyn. You know, it was more more so in Brooklyn, and um, obviously the internet is much more pervasive, um, and so it was just an interesting place to write because we had to keep it modern, but you know, Darren is such a, um, you know, titan of the industry of his industry mm-hmm. that like basically anything he touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. And um, so you obviously follow his lead. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was, it was just funny. And, and it's interesting to watch Sex and the City now because I think what I think the sort of like on Younger, the, the dialogue can feel Sex and the City esque in certain ways, mm-hmm. a little punny or a little, um, you know. Uh, what's the word like like not just just kind of 
Um, like oh, I'm, like st- I'm stumbling here. Well, no, I was going to say, or, yeah, quippy, quippy or yes, like quippy. Yeah, quippy. And um, I felt as sort of a more, you know, um, straight straight man comedian, not straight man, but like straight ahead, a, like yeah, like yeah. a by the books comedian. Yeah, that was not the dialogue that I excelled at because yeah. I just didn't feel like that's how people talk. Yeah, and so it was an interesting role to play of being like the sole comedian in, in the room or the sole like performing comedian. Right. Um. And uh, yeah, it was just fascinating. Well, that's interesting because. I I haven't seen a, a much of Younger. Like, I've seen yeah. a little bit of it. I actually had an audition for Younger and had a callback mm. with Darren Starr one time. Oh. And um and that was an interesting thing because in the callback, I was like, this is Darren Starr, yeah. the creator of Sex and the City. Yeah. And it was just like me and him and a person in the room. Yeah. and it But it was interesting because I watched a little bit of it going into that. Yeah. And that show, other than this show, you said a lot of it takes place in Brooklyn. Yeah. It seems like it's like, it's not Carrie Bradshaw, but it's like an older woman is. who is in, she's in the Carrie Bradshaw is, world, yeah. but she has to reverse herself to yes. come to like current New York City. Exactly. She's got to pretend she's younger. She's yes. got to hang out with young, cool Brooklyn mm, kids. Yes. And so you're taking what was this sex in the city life mm-hmm. and it's like, no, that's not as important now. The younger yep. indie thing, which is like poorer and not to- as like totally. wealth porn. I mean, you look at, you look at sex in the city and you're right. It's like. It is wealth porn, and the idea there, at least when I, from my point of view, was always like, well, they're in their mid to late thirties, and that's why they have like, and I know I'm generalizing here, and it doesn't even make sense, but I'm like, that's why they care about marriage and relationships, and why Miranda wears like pantsuits, and why they're just like they can get away with this like adult stuff because they're quote unquote old, (laughs) and now I'm like close to their age, and I'm like, nope, it's not they're old, it's that they're like, it's it's that the 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 age the age of the characters has not aged well the mm. age, being thir- whatever they're supposed to be 40 42 38 42 has yeah. not aged well and thus younger is so specifically about a 41 year old woman trying to fit in with people kids in their mid 20s i yeah. think also that has changed now because i think about the fact that like a 35 year old person like even if you look at people that were 35 in movies in the 80s a 35 year old person in an 80s movie they looks look like, like they're, they're in their 50s yeah, yeah they it's and crazy. a 35 year old person now it's like oh i thought that guy was in his 22 20, 20s. yes it's yeah really everyone dresses bizarre. differently and like people do things later or at different times in their it's life so bizarre and it's and younger is such a funny and interesting show to write on for all the reasons we were already talking about but secondarily that because it's about a 40-year-old woman trying to fit in with 20-somethings, the writer's room itself was filled with a couple of us, a few of us who were in our late 20s, early 30s, and then the older writers who were in their, like, 50s or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, it just, it created such an interesting uh, dynamic because they're coming from a sort of, you know, even though Sex and City isn't that old, but it's it's an older aesthetic versus, like, what do the twenty? What do the millennials think? What what mm-hmm. and how do we see humor? And what is our humor? And what feels real? And what feel what feels not real? And also, you know, the the higher ups at younger are also wealthy and wealthier mm-hmm. and have been wealthy for a long t- and a long enough time. Mm-hmm. And we in our late twenties and early thirties are not and and have not been. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's so different because Sex in the City is all about like there is no question of like access they go where they want well mm-hmm. carrie said she maxed out her credit and card to still buy went yeah. shopping. and still went shopping right. and she bought that dress to impress the yankee and, right yeah, but like, but at the same time they were in the highest like nosebleed section at yankee stadium mm-hmm. right which is like what's that supposed to mean because if more like, why I weren't mean, you on ba- yeah base why don't you have box seats or something especially if miranda's a lawyer but it's like they're but then their whole thing is like that to me watching that scene where like Carrie's smoking and drinking and has her her legs kicked up, her feet kicked up on mm-hmm. the seats in front of her. That to me is the version of being like, well, yes, they're like metropolitan, but they're also like hip, baby, I, and they're up at the top smoking and drinking, baby, w- without it necessarily be grounded in what they're would actually be doing exactly. as characters. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's a it's a. I think that's what the show sort of um has confused me because I feel like I get mixed signals from it. So. My question would be when you're writing on younger, is there a like not a purposeful mission, but a mission you have in your head to be like, okay, like how can I pull pull it back as much from being pun city to um, to have more realistic dialogue? Is that 
something that, that a, comes out of you naturally or a conversation you bring up? It's a unspoken conversation. Okay. <laughs> and I'm clearly oh, on one side of that conversation <laughs> where I'm like, no puns. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's not it's not my, you know, yeah. authority to, to decide how many puns. How punny a script is, right. unless it's my very own, and, and right. yeah. in my very own, I'm like, I like, you know, like probably like you guys, like the weirder left of center mm-hmm. alt esque mm-hmm. type of jokes that are a little like nuttier, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so it was just a sort of, um, you know, an interesting practice to try to, in my first writing job, to like skew it towards the the more straight and narrow voice of the show, yeah. yeah. Um, without being like a weirdo about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask, is Younger still on? Yeah, yeah, it, it does really well. Season, season five? Four? It'll be five. I think it'll be five. five. Wow. wow. It's done really well. And, you know, th- and and as it should, I mean, it's it's very, like Sex and the City, it's a half hour show. It's beautiful to look at. The, got a good cast. Great cast. Great, great um, costumes. The same costume designer as Sex and the City. So it's those, Pat Field, so it's yeah. the same you know, eccentric and interesting and fun, colorful uh, purple turtlenecks. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. There's other things, but <laughs> blue overalls, uh, blue overalls and purple turtlenecks. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's got the same vibe, and people respond to it in the same way. In that it's it's like candy, like yeah. Sex and the City and Younger are like candy. They're like delicious, fun shows that you get you know engrossed in for half an hour, but it's not going to overtake your life yeah um and i think that's to darren's credit he knows how to make a tv show just like almost like mm. bite-sized and like you know a, just the a, just the appropriate like size and length oh my god i sound like i'm rolling into a samantha pun <laughs> <laughs> i'm like size and length honey honey TV, sweetheart i want to talk about that sounds like darren me. Yeah. yeah i want to talk about something in that episode particularly that would never, you know, that that episode was Carrie kind of started it by saying that New York or whatever city you're living in is a deserted battlefield loaded with emotional landmines. When you're uh, in a breakup. When you're in a breakup. Yes. Right. Which I was th- I was thinking about that concept and and I imagine that any any city that you live in, you're gonna see things that remind you of your your partner and yeah. are gonna bring back memories. But I don't think that that episode could air nowadays specifically because of social media, Instagram, Facebook. You're not going to be walking through a city and and you're going to be seen, Mister Big, or think you're going to be seeing him. I don't think nowadays. any of these episodes could air now without with that. It's right. like yeah, the, there would have had to be a scene where she's like scrolling through yeah. her feed. Well, it's and nowadays like blocking you, him you, or Yeah, you're him. on Facebook and you can actually see where Mister in Mr. real Ray's. time. But yeah. you're also not worried. You know, she was constantly worried about running into him and not going to this party because he might be there and yeah. Yeah. trying to look. But nowadays, I you're do like, think oh. that's a false, not false, but. And obviously the writing comes from personal stories in the writer's room. But I feel like when you watch that, it's like clearly that's like I think it's stretched out for TV. And Mm -hmm. it's like the fantasy is sort of like, you know, elongated in that Mm -hmm. way because I don't really buy that concept. The idea that it's like I walk around this, you know, like I walk around and waiting for my heart to be broke. It's like. I don't it, it to and to me to that point what you were saying Corey about how people wanted to like become come to New York at, in their early 20s and become mm-hmm. Carrie mm-hmm. I think that sh- that like element that like that that feeling of the show that that narrative point uh-huh. bled into real life and mm-hmm. that people were like I'm like Carrie and now yeah. I'm going to walk around the city it's going to be a landmine and emotions every you know I th- I yeah, feel yeah. like it it was like a false reality that became a reality because people were like I want to take this show so literally I do think people the same way this is a weird example but like I went to a college with a really great basketball team I mm. went to the University of North Carolina and I would meet people I love basketball but I meet people that are like I came to UNC because I'm a huge Tar Heel fan and I'm here to watch basketball. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think there are people that move to New York because they're like, I love sex in the city yes. and I want to oh, yeah. live that Absolutely. experience for yeah. four to five years. And then like, we'll see what comes out of it. I, and then you realize at some point, and then like, they get bed bugs and then like, they get bed oh, bugs shit. and they live like, in New York awful. city. Yeah. And they're like, this is not what I, I experienced dated, or what I wanted. I dated, um, I, I dated a guy for years for like three years and he and all his friends were from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, or as they say, Texas, which I love. I love, it. I love <laughs> the Z. I love it so much. But um, they all were here and all lived in Manhattan. And 
uh, or like Williamsburg, but like mostly Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And after our breakup, they, my ex-boyfriend and most of his friends have <clears throat> since left. Hmm. And I think it was that, I think it really was that, um, that, a, that, that choice to be like, I'm going to Manhattan. I'm going to be fabulous like Carrie or whatever, or fabulous in whatever way I think I can be. And I'm going to do that for five, six years. And it's a novelty mm-hmm. and it's a part of my life. And then I'm leaving and going back home or going to a smaller city. And for me, I just, to me, that is a very distinct replica of a sec of like sex in the city yeah. personified. Yeah. Well, yeah. One thing I think about people coming to New York like that is that I've realized I mean, all four of us in this room yeah. um, have, or have been in New York for a while at some point. Yeah. And I think at some point you realize when people are here and they're like, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what are you doing? At some point you kind of just got to grind it out for a year or two. Yeah. And then it's like either it's a hard place to live. Yes. And some people can come here for that fantasy, which is totally fine. But then there's a reality that you hit. Well, yeah. And it's like, are you going to stay and, past that or and, not? And you and I both are as comedians where it's, it's also a different uh, sort of, you know, gr- groundwork, you know, like, you know we met a while ago as comedians it's like you know you're not like you're not like um cavorting around the city with other comedians being like where are we brunching honey you know it just just doesn't that's like not the landscape yeah and so with my ex and his friends it was so interesting to watch them actually try to imbibe or whatever like like really live out that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and and I'll also add that as somebody from New York and well specifically Long Island, but still like from here, from the burbs, whatever, to me, New York is like, to me, it in my own experience, it feels very like dewy and like food driven and mm-hmm. like, you know, at least in Long Island, it's like bagel stores, gas mm-hmm. stations, coffee shops, and everything's run on blood money. And that's like the way <laughs> that it is. Everything's mafia. And so there, my ex and his friends sort of, kaleidoscope version of new york was this like carrie bradshaw's island and for me it was like but but aren't we just talking about like bagel stores run by no, the mob yeah when are they going to go to russ and daughters exactly <laughs> but that, that even but that not even that it's like you mean just like uh, like corner bagel stores yeah like bagel delight or something yeah and like you that, yeah. And, and and to that point the, what you're watching on sex in the city is if, if what I'm saying is if if my ex and his friends all were trying to live the Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that they also were the people who had they weren't rich. They weren't rich, but they made sure to sort of check off the list of like taking cabs everywhere and right. spending stupid money on clothes and right. like spending dumb money on like weekend trips that we really couldn't afford but like yeah. and and to, and so it was this bizarre like di, you know um the schism for me because I was like I want to be with my boyfriend right. and his friends but I'm also like yeah New, New York's a bagel like this is one big bagel this is a good <laughs> acknowledgement for the first time Carrie for... never goes on the subway I was about to say yeah. that I thought yeah. about that a week ago I was like we've never seen any of them on the subway and I I'm don't like think I know you do I at least one of them has to take the subway to work. Well, that's uh, the one when I to. see. It's probably Miranda. I, of course. She I takes see the Staten Will- Island Ferry and then the <laughs> subway. <laughs> yes. Staten Island Ferry to the overall store. When I see someone mega famous on there, on the subway, I'm always like, that's crazy. If I had that much money, like, I see Amy Schumer on the sub, not as much, a few years ago. She's always but, doing sets. She's always working out material on the subway. <laughs> no, but you're what like. What time is it? As <laughs> she does show time. Schumer time. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, I've seen her, like William H. Macy and, mm. and, you're sort of like, I mean, William H. Macy is one of the more successful actors in the world. Yeah. But and no one in New York bothers you, really. I yeah. Mean, you really don't get bothered. I mean. But it, my my point is like, yeah. those people ride, like, it's not like William H. Macy and Amy Schumer have a driver. Yeah. And if you see William H. Macy on the subway, then why don't you ever see Carrie on the subway? Yeah, it's true. Exactly. And then that does carry over to real life where it's like. My ex and his friends were like, nah, we're just, like, we'll only take cabs. We don't, we don't take the train. I'm like, but you're not rich. Yeah. That's why this made sense when she's like, I have credit cards maxed out. It's like, I knew something was up with this first season. That was the first time that they've been like, I'm, I'm struggling money wise. But I think that part of it was also to say like, that's what happens in a breakup. You put yourself to the edges of everything you can take because you got to drive the pain away. Yeah. There's an episode that, that comes later. I think it's a few seasons out, but it's like a whole episode that is based on her like needing to buy shoes 
and not being able to afford them. And it's really fascinating, especially now, because you're just like, and of course they couldn't have predicted this at the time, but we're now living in an, an era of like political correctness that's so strict mm-hmm. that it's like everybody is just waiting to be like, how dare you? Right. And it is so fascinating to watch a show that at every turn you're like, Ew, how like honestly, like how dare you carry? Like <laughs> yeah. how dare you complain about when, when when they're in the baseball stands and Kim Cattrall says about um the fact that she's dating a guy with a small dick, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ew, like you shouldn't be allowed to say I hate my life right. when you're like rich and white and da- you know, like lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I've, again, it's like I'm taking offense with a, sh- a line in a show from t- 20 years ago. Right. But it's just like, ew! It just grosses me out. Yeah. And yeah. and and it also grosses me out that they never take the subway. It grosses me out that you never see a person of color. It's a it's except a, when you're looking in the Yankees locker room exactly. and he's showering. He's got a giant schlong. That's right. Don't yeah. worry. I heard Jennifer Hudson's in the second movie. That's right. So you they they add her. Such in a, movie. it's so weird. That is the that will always be the strange thing to me that the show is so Caucasian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, for the whole show, I think the mm-hmm. um, I was going to say with the because the theme of this was breakups. Right. Your breakup with yeah. your was was it fraught at all with any like, oh, I can't go to the same place. or I'm worried about the subway stop or anything. Um, or Yeah. I mean, I guess because it's three a, years is a that, did it take you a year and a half to get over? Uh, yeah. God, Charlotte knew. <laughs> Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte knew she was right. The math works or, out. Or was I don't it, know. Was it one of the guys in the in the um, stadiums that gave you advice? You yeah, we had the four talking head. Oh, no, yeah, we, it was we the saw um, that trope return yeah. and talking right. straight to camera. It the, no, it was the don't cry. It was guys. the obese lady selling peanuts who's like, uh, he's a bum. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, and it's like, what? Change Move your somewhere address, else. Yeah. Change your name. Change, change your everything. Name. And the guy's bum. like. Don't cry, because if you get back together, then you're the guy that cried. Which and I would be like, hey, guys bros, can cry, dude. His bros were really on board really with that. They were board. throwing some rocks Those guys one. look like they were roadies for corn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they really do. They were just like long hair, but like that's like metal I think guys. that's what was like okay then, like for like dudes. They were looking like freaks on a leash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were freaks on a leash. No, I had to, Um, we had to like, yeah, divvy up the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, but, but. I mean, in a weird way, like what's lucky for me is that, you know, when we moved in together, it was in Chelsea and it was, I hadn't lived in Manhattan since I was in college because who could afford or yeah. think to, it just wasn't possible. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you're divvying things up, at least you could take the subway. No. That's what I'm saying. It was like, truly, it was like, I'm, you, you keep taking those cabs. I'm a, I'm not kidding. Like my, he, my ex got hired at Google, which was half a block from where we lived in Chelsea. Oh, so wow. he really did not he have to take, take the, the train. Um, and so for, but for me, it was like, as soon as that relationship ended, I didn't have to reclaim other, our spaces because he and his friends chose a very different life. Yeah. 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 And I'm not some sort of like fucking pauper or like, you know, like poor or broke or crying like poverty or anything. I just was used to having the like friends and like Brooklyn and Queens and kind of scrappier and not yeah. looking to do like the wealthiest, you know, not to trying to like pass off and pass off this like Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle. There's that, there's a restaurant that closed those in meatpacking district that I know is on the show and it's, it was yellow on the outside. I wish I knew the name, but I remember whenever I would walk past it on a Saturday or Sunday, it was brunch city mm. and it was just like all of the people you're, you're saying yeah. it was like very much like one of the things we have to do is go to this place and do brunch and we'll dress up and it'll be just like our little sex in the city experience. I, I'll, I'll find out the name, but I remember that being the epitome when I was giving sex in the city tours. Cause that's why I knew what that, yeah. that place was. That's what everyone wants to do. I think that's yeah. coming out of that show. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that was definitely like, whether they lived here or were visiting, right. there are people that that's like, that's their weekend. That's yeah. Their- it all kind of, to me, like I think every, it sort of like jumped the shark or became this like cultural moment when, Miranda, I think, and Carrie, and I guess I forget. This comes later, but it's like they go to Magnolia, yeah, and they're like eating a cupcake on the be- on the bench outside, and it's like you know mopey. They're like I think they're like moping or something or sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even if they're not, it's like okay, this is when the show became that like cultural machine mm-hmm. where it was mm-hmm. like the show created Magnolia Bakery, and Magnolia Bakery was then headlines around the block mm-hmm. for let's be still real, does subpar. Cupcakes. They're Ooh. they're subpar. Yeah. The we frosting is good. The cake itself is not. The frosting is good. I agree. But the <laughs> but cake a little on the dry side. side. A little on the dry a side. And you side. should really just go for their banana pudding That's if you want to. Yes. Yeah. 
We, but um, true. that restaurant was called Pastis. Pastis. Oh, yeah, Pastis. Yes, of course. Right? Yeah. That was like yes. ultimate brunch place. And I had I friends, in, even at NYU in college, who were from elsewhere in the country. And again, they were my friends, but... I would make fun of them because they were they really wanted to go to Pastis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? We're tw- 21, gross. <laughs> and, and you're like, like, and do you realize there's 12 bagel places on the way to exactly. Pastis? Exactly. I was like, but who wants to go? I just, I don't know. It just was kind of like, okay. Like they wanted yeah. to go to Pastis and Babo. And I was like, I'm not opposed to that. I just, it just doesn't seem like it's in my wheelhouse. That never mm-hmm. was really in my sphere of like, sure. of what I would see because it was money. And also I would, I would always like know about places cause I was like, Oh, I heard about this on a blog. Exactly. Like a Brooklyn food. Place, sure. And that was more in my reality. A yeah. Little bit. yeah. Which in its own way can be annoying and, sure. and be like, like, cause I'm in the same boat where I'm like, if I tell you why I read this, you'll hate me. But with that all being said, like it's the a eater separate... heat list right now <laughs> exactly. says, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's its own separate choice. But the the Carrie Bradshaw effect that the show had mm-hmm. to me is the stuff that I think people in New York don't like about LA mm-hmm. that desire to like do the thing, yeah, and be with the people yeah. and go to pastis. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I just those things don't appeal to me here, and they don't appeal to me in LA. And so I don't know, but I can't really get on the same level cere- uh, you know like cerebrally with people who are like whether or not they say it they're like I'm going to be Carrie yeah I'm yeah. the next Carrie yeah, Bradshaw yeah. um well every episode we we wrap it up with a Cosmo rating do we need right. to get to the Cosmo rating I think point? we need to do a Cosmo rating I think we need to do yeah, a Cosmo so, rating so we uh we look at the episode and uh we rate it 1 to 5 Cosmos you can use half and quarter Cosmos uh and and this is the first episode of season two, so yeah. this will kick off our Cosmo ratings for uh, season two. Who wants to start this one? I'll start this one. I think uh, it's interesting coming back. Uh, I mean, like Elliot said, the pun thing kind of was like, oh, my gosh, a lot of puns. Yeah. And I think maybe the whole series is pun heavy. This one felt very pun heavy. But this one was interesting because not only just because of the discussion we had, I felt like. Overall, this one felt a little more serious as an episode. Maybe yeah. it's because it was about breakups. The only like, I guess there's the Samantha Penis stuff that was super goofy. And uh, Charlotte's storyline was like she was dating this guy who kept adjusting his package. And oh, he was yeah. also like such a white dude in the jazz. And he a kept, dick. He, he was kind of a, a dick. dick. Yeah. And he was a dick to her when he, she was like, I got you boxers. Yeah, support such your a forgettable storyline. It was a very forgettable storyline. Um, but I think... There were also a couple like really dramatic moments. Like there was a thing where Carrie saw big and it was silent except for the sound of heartbeats for 15 seconds. So, so a lot of heavy drama to come back in. I was really excited for like top of season two. I think though, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with three Cosmos. Wow. I thought it was a little more serious, which I liked. And, but it it didn't like knock my socks off Mm -hmm. the pilot episode of the entire series, season one of the whole series, I thought was amazing. This yeah. one I felt like it was a little a step down. So three Cosmos for me. Interesting. I'm uh, I'm going to go with uh, two Cosmos, I think. Wow. Um, I didn't laugh a ton, and that might be because we were, you know, once you told us to listen for the puns, I just like, <laughs> it's literally all I could focus on. And then when, like, when she said, cup runneth over, oh, we man. all made Gosh. eye contact, and it just, it was, it was rough. Um, and the, the some of the storylines were super forgettable, um, like Ch- Charlotte's was was forgettable. Miranda's, although Miranda's was com- a complete arc, like it, it it didn't get me. And then and then Samantha's, like you know, last season I I shared with like the I'm I'm over the small penis thing. It's played out and boring, and it it just I'm, I can't believe they went back to it. So I'm going, Thou I'm going to protest too much, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would give it four Cosmos. I think it's like a pretty requisite episode. Um, fun, funny and not funny or not. For me, I I I like that Miranda sort of broke through the fourth wall by being like, "What the fuck are we doing on this show?" Mm. Because it also represented for me the the the, the idea that always sort of ha- haunts me when I watch the show, which is they don't. I don't think they would get along in a lot of contexts and situations, mm-hmm. yeah. except for. Carrie and Miranda, they I, get along, but I cannot see Charlotte and Samantha having a word to say to each other. When when Miranda 
when Miranda got up to go to the bathroom in that yep. scene, there was a thing where I was like, I don't know if these four women would really be friends. I don't That's think the first so. Time I, anyway, I don't think so. That's why. But but because of the sort of the depth, the, the, the position that Miranda took on this episode, that sort of, I, I like that a lot. So mm-hmm. I'd give it four Cosmos. Four baby. Cosmos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Take us home, Kevin. I would say that uh, three three Cosmos. I do think it's like um, coming back, beginning of season two. You can tell they had a break, and maybe they had enough time to sit around and be like, "We've got a hit on our hands. How what what's working and what's not?" And all of that was like it was a little too serious at times. It wasn't that funny, but I do think the Miranda storyline was my my favorite by far, and she's just a great actress and. Back with a great hairdo. Okay, great hairdo. Um, so yeah, I would say I would say three cosmos. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully on uh, next episode we can catch uh, some. I believe we have a blue turtleneck we still need to see and a gray turtleneck, and then for we'll, the Roy G. Biv for of, the whole Roy G. Yeah. Biv of Miranda. <laughs> I, will, I will poison your heads with one more thing that that always kind of bugged me. Perfect. Yes. that I didn't talk about on this on this show, but um, some of the production music is so bad. Like the in like the music that the music that they use like the production music like that the goes into the scenes and stuff like that or the things that no, are like under the just, scenes just under the scenes and if you like the scene where they're at the Dolce and Gabbana party uh-huh. the music that is playing is so bad and as he's talking about how good Miles Davis is which they're is like, playing the <laughs> they're playing the worst awful. jazz they're playing like they're playing I wrote down it's like it's like um it's something like a game show in space oh my gosh. <laughs> the music is so bad it's like. Like beyond cheesy, like yeah. bad, and it's just bizarre when you listen to the show. Like some of the stuff they play underneath is the is, but I also am like, was that was that okay for 1999? Like was that what they thought was quote unquote like cool downtown music? Yeah, I don't know, That's but it's amazing. like bad. It's well, set in an elevator. Yeah. Love, for all, all you listeners out there, tweet at uh, or tweet or Instagram at Brad, Bradshaw Boys the name of a game show that you would play in space. I'd love to see some responses. <laughs> see what, what would that game show look like? Yeah. Speaking of Instagram and all those things, Elliot, where can we find you on the internet? Just all. It's all at Elliot Glazer. Cool. And yep. uh, awesome. Thanks for being here. Hey, Appreciate thanks it. for having me. Thank you Appreciate so much. Thanks so much. This was really amazing. See you next time, everyone. Bye. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>